Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. And here we are. I'm back. Officially back. As you, the listener, know, I haven't released very many episodes in the month of July. I have actually been extremely busy and went on vacation, which you will hear about in a future episode. But the episode for this week is just me getting caught up a little bit and saying, Hey everyone, I'm still here and I'm still making episodes. I've been behind with my movie watching. I actually got to see two films in theaters, with one of them being Jordan Peele's Nope, as well as tonight's film. I actually just saw this a few days ago, and it seems I actually enjoyed it where a lot of people did not. But enough of that, I think it's time we announce the movie. It really does feel good to say that again. Starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Christian Bale, and Russell Crowe. This is the 2022 Taika Waititi-directed Thor Love and Thunder. As far as the plot, I'm going to turn to IMDb for this one because the plot honestly is paper thin. If I was to put it in my own words, it might be all over the map because at the end of the day, it didn't feel like a lot of the plot really mattered. But here we go. Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight off Gore, the God Butcher, who intends to make gods extinct. And that is essentially the plot right there. What it doesn't mention is that, for the most part, the movie is a love story. A tragic love story. In a movie that's incredibly goofy, just as goofy as Thor Ragnarok, if not a little bit more. But I guess the actual title of the film hints at that overall love story theme throughout the movie. I gotta say I actually did enjoy this one. So long story short, I had fun with it. I actually had a hurt back and I went to the movies to go see this one. And for the most part, I had a good time and had fun with it. It doesn't mean that it's a great film. It's not a great Marvel film in the grand scheme of the MCU movies. I would say that if I had to put this aside of Thor Ragnarok, I'd say that the previous entry was a better film overall. And this one here really is Ragnarok Part 2. It's almost like a nice little epilogue, not just to Thor Ragnarok, but the Thor films in general. It kind of feels like an ending. It ends on a happy note. As we know, Thor is a superhero. There's always going to be some kind of conflict. I'm assuming they're going to make other Thor films or that he's going to be featured in one of the other various Marvel projects, which is okay. I honestly think that it may need a little bit of a creative change with the director, or at least something to mix it up a little bit, the same way that Thor Ragnarok kind of mixed up the formula that was present in the other Thor films. And I say that with not seeing Thor The Dark World. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. I own it, but I haven't watched it. But either way, what I'm trying to say is Thor Ragnarok was radically different from the first Thor film, even if it kept a little bit of that fish-out-of-water humor, which I think is pretty great. The fact that they managed to stretch that through so many films is pretty impressive, and it speaks to the level of creativity from the various directors working on the films. It's especially impressive that Marvel is actually letting the directors do their own things nowadays, as opposed to before when they had a lockdown on the whole, this is how the movie has to go and look. At least these films feel like they have their own identities now. 
Of course, with the films having their own identities, the films feel much looser as far as continuity, which for me is a great thing, but for everybody else that's a fan of the MCU, that may not be so good. And it also might be one of the reasons for the lukewarm receptions to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, as well as Thor Love and Thunder. Both films did alright critically, and in the box office they did pretty well, but as far as general MCU fan consensus, there are some of the weaker entries. Let's talk about the characters of Thor Love and Thunder. I'm going to say Chris Hemsworth as Thor. I can't see anybody else in the role. He absolutely owns this role. I know some critics have complained about him being more dumb and less intelligent than in other films. However, in Love and Thunder, he is dealing with depression over losing Jane Foster. So in reality, for anybody who's ever been there, they kind of understand it if you think about everything that he's been through and that he's this god and is just now discovering human feelings and that he has the capability of having those feelings. So I don't really think that the character actually regressed in any way. If anything, he's a dynamic character that had a story arc. We also get Natalie Portman back as Jane Foster, to the best of my recollection. We have not seen her since the first Thor film. We find out that she is in poor health and winds up becoming the mighty Thor in the process to get better health. However, it only helps her when she's handling Molinir and winds up not doing too much for her general health when she is not the mighty Thor. So if you haven't seen this movie, I'm not going to spoil the arc there, but you can probably guess where that would lead to, especially with me saying that it is a tragic love story. Honestly, that part is carried out pretty well. It just clashes with the other goofy moments in the film. If you look at something like Deadpool and even Deadpool 2, they manage to balance a lot of the goofy antics of Deadpool and some of the more silly aspects with a certain sweetness that makes the character, as far as his character arc and the way the films generally handle that. It's more present in the first Deadpool film than the second one because the second one is kind of overlong and a little messy. I'm not comparing the two series or this film to the Deadpool films in any way. I'm just saying that Deadpool did the balance thing a little bit better than what Thor Love and Thunder did. At the very start of the film, we are introduced to Gore, the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. I think Christian Bale was absolutely fantastic in this movie. However, he was terribly underused. I would have liked to have seen more of him, more of what made him an actual threat. He never really felt like a big threat, even though we know from off-screen killings of various gods that he was a threat. I really did like our introduction to the character at the very beginning of the film and his reasoning for wanting to kill all gods because Gore felt like his god failed him and even laughed in his face. So he really did have perfect motivation. This is a case that maybe they should have cut some of the character stuff out or added more of Gore the God Butcher. Maybe they could have kept the movie the same and just added more scenes with him to really make him feel like the villain we know he was but wasn't exactly portrayed as. 
We also have a surprise cameo that sadly was ruined in the trailer, and that's Russell Crowe as Zeus. I think Russell Crowe was great. He has good comedic timing in his scenes. However, I think his scenes and the scene at the Colosseum of all the gods, I think it went on a little bit too long. We also get some surprise appearances, or not so surprising, appearances from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And while it's welcome to see them here, all I can do is think that the only reason they're there is because it's setting up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Were they absolutely needed in this film? No, definitely not. But you know what? I like those movies and I like the characters, so I'll let that slide. Besides, if we wouldn't have had the Guardians of the Galaxy set up at the beginning of Thor Love and Thunder, then we probably wouldn't have gotten treated to giant screaming goats, which are present in the entire movie, and yes, they scream a lot. But again, it's another situation where a lot of viewers had issue with that, but I actually thought it was a pretty funny running gag. And in one scene, it's used to pretty good comedic timing. So in reality, this movie gave me everything that I wanted from a Thor film. I was expecting a Ragnarok Part 2. I really wasn't disappointed in that aspect. I was only disappointed in the shortcomings such as the plot and the central villain of Gore the God Butcher. Those things really weren't fleshed out near enough. They should have definitely had more of an impact. I know some critics also have said that it felt like you couldn't take the movie seriously and that there was no real stakes. I don't know if I exactly agree with that because we do know this is a superhero film and by the end of the movie, Thor is likely going to save the day. Even when teams lose, there's always a way to make them win as we saw in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So for me, I don't actually watch one of these films and am on the edge of my seat wondering if the heroes are going to make it because I know they are. But that's inherent to the genre, it's inherent to the source. We really didn't feel like there was a whole lot at stake in this movie other than Thor and Jane Foster's relationship and would she make it by the end of the film. But was it exactly something that was suspenseful? No, but I never watched a comic book film and was wondering would the heroes be able to save the day because of course they will. The last thing I'm going to say on this is that I really enjoyed the music choices. The fact that Guns N' Roses was used throughout pretty much the entire film is an awesome thing as a Guns N' Roses fan and also because it's great to just hear rock music in a theater like that. This movie had kind of a rock and roll vibe about it. But then again, Thor Ragnarok did as well. So overall, I can see why some people did not enjoy Thor Love and Thunder. For me, it was perfect light entertainment, especially when my back was hurting. And that was one of the few things I could do, was sit down in a theater to watch a movie. It allowed me to shut my brain off and just have a good time. And that's really all I was looking for. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can reach out to me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And if you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. Last thing, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends? Or if you do have a free moment, 
I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.